This is Aaliyah S. King. Hey, what's up? It's Aaliyah. Welcome to Writing Practice. So excited about this episode. So I tried to do this episode last week and I was so excited about it that I ended up not doing it, if that makes any sense. I needed the entire week to marinate on the answers. I usually let this show fly by the seat of its pants and this time I needed to actually think about it. So there are three topics I talked about. One, I sat down with a writer and went over the very first things he should think about before he starts writing his first book. Two, I talked about how a bike ride taught me a lot about being patient with myself as a writer. And three, we talked about what's the one thing you probably need to do before you start writing. I'm not going to give you the answers to that because then you wouldn't listen. So enjoy this episode of Writing Practice. Bye. Hi, everybody. It's been a minute. Last week, I just literally, a lot of things happened in like the 30 seconds before I was supposed to go on, and I didn't think I would be able to give my best to the hour, so I bowed out, and I'm back. I think I needed a week off. I needed to refresh a bit. Um, So let's get started, because we have three topics, and I'm hoping we can get through all of them. I know we will. Um... But first, some housekeeping. This is so weird because this is here and I'm over here and it's just weird. Um, Now I have to fix the, this is great. I'm so proud of you. Um, Don't mind me, I was talking to my producer. He's been really working hard getting this studio space together. And I think this is the first time we're using some of the fun things for a live and I can see the difference. First of all, now every Wednesday I'm gonna have to make sure I'm cute because today I didn't really plan to. Thank goodness I just happened to throw on a caftan that's one of my faves. Um, so yeah, this full body shot nonsense I'm gonna have to be prepared for. Down to like the shoe. I gotta make sure I have on a cute shoe. Oh, sorry. It's my shoe today. Um, what's the housekeeping? Sorry. So, and I'm going to say this every time because I feel like this happens a lot, but this is live. Yes. However, if you're at work or you're at school or the kids are acting crazy, you can always come back. You can always come back to the same post and check it out. It's here. And if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, they're all here, but there's something for you so that you don't have to scroll through my Facebook page just to be able to catch up on the writing tips. This is actually a podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast from, it's called Writing Practice, and you can get them anywhere. Also, we have a website, right, Molly? Yes. Um, We have a a website. It's goodtalkproductions.com. If you want to just go check it out. Everything we've done in terms of podcasting is here. See, Deb's on her lunch hour. Work from home lunch hour. You gotta love it. Hey, Deb. Um, Mel, how are you? I love y'all so much. I really do. 
Um, okay, so was there any other housekeeping? There's the website, goodtalkproductions.com. There's the knowledge that these things live. Um, and Molly just put that up there for you. So check that out. And yeah, I, I every time I'm done, the next day when I look at the post, I see people say, I missed it again. And I feel terrible. I'm like, you didn't miss it. It's still there. Um, it's both on Facebook still. And it's literally on Everywhere podcasts are sold. I mean, streamed. I mean, offered or something. Hi, Deontay. Um, Every time I tell you guys to go check it out, I then freak out for the smallest of moments. Um, I mean, obviously, you check out this writing practice. You know what you're getting. But if you check out Good Talk, um, which I'm a big fan of, it was once daily, which now, Moles, I'm not even sure how we pulled that off. Um, it's now three times a week and it's such a good time. But when I re-listen to them, Mo says you're not supposed to do that. Podcasters don't re-listen to their episodes. But I'm an author who reads her own books occasionally. So I'm also a podcaster who listens to episodes. The reason why I do is because if I run into someone and they're like, mm-hmm, I listen to episodes 630, I want to be like, okay, so you know exactly what sex positions I like. To, Damn it. To be clear, I suggest that you didn't listen because right. you had freakouts. Correct. It wasn't like podcasters don't listen. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, what else? So, yeah, just be gentle. Um, <gasps> Deb said, am I the only one who saves up episodes of Good Talk to binge listen? Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Thanks, Brooke. This is all, like, all mechanical things here, all uh, Molly's doing. And it's been a long, well, a long process, relatively. And um, I'm really proud of him. Like, you can't see everything that's going on here, but your boy's been working really hard. And uh, I can hear it, you know, episode by episode by episode. The, you know, audio just gets better and better. And now the video is, I mean, Deontay and Deb and Brooke, y'all remember just me in my apartment with my laptop? And, you know, it's a very lean operation. Proud, Proud of that as well. But... Definitely appreciate not producing. I just sit down, y'all. That's all I do. Sit and things magically happen and sound great. Okay. Hey, Theopolis. Um, yeah, but we want to be in the conversation. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, this is live. Oh, you mean Good Talk Live. I don't know if I can handle Good Talk Live. We did one. We'll do it every now and then. I'm better behaved. So good talk is not a place for good behavior. So there's that. Um, Deb, remember that question. It's a very important one. She said, can you fit a whole other person in that chair? You're about to find out in about 30 seconds. Um, Okay, so we have three topics. And I think what happened last week, part of what happened last week is that I had three topics that were almost equally like, I need number one, I need number two, I need number three. And I got kind of anxious, like, Am I ready to really say what I feel about these topics? Um, so this past week, I've been just kind of marinating on what I said and what I want to say, especially number one. So the first topic is literally something that I'm hoping we can do um, now that we have our audio video situation set up, something we can do regularly, not every week, obviously, but Maybe once a month. I would love to have someone from our family and our community um, 
to talk to them about whatever their project is and how they're getting started. It's helpful to that person and it's helpful to all of us. Um, my only problem with that is that I feel like I'll be saying the same three things to people every single time. It's a thunderstorm, by the way. So just keep that in mind in case you see us get electrocuted. That would be so terrible. Um, first topic today is walking someone through the very beginning of starting a book. So for this person, it's the first book, but I think that the rules apply to the second and the 10th. And what I noticed is that there were several, at least three published authors in that initial section that said, I need to know about this, who've written several books, who were like, walk me through it step by step. Um, so that's when I knew like, okay, maybe there really is something there. Maybe I really need to get marinate on what I think about how this works and what you need to do. So we're going to choose, I chose a person. I am going to talk to someone about the very beginning process of writing a book. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, the writing itself is super secondary. Um, so we'll see. So we'll bring in our guests. You've never met this person before ever. Leave it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just didn't know if you had enough. Okay. What are you trying to say about me? I'm just saying, you know, okay. I know I'm such a large human being. Should I call you by a different name? You mean like the one my mama gave me? No, different than that even. Like maybe Jonathan? Yeah, let's not do that. Um, what name do you prefer? Do you prefer I call you Shane or Moles or Molly or You're going to slide through all of them, so it doesn't even matter. You, you go, I think we should be you official. Slide, you slide back and forth. I think so. we should be official. You're here as Shane Paul Neal. Okay. So hey, um, this is Shane, and he is a writer. And uh, Just keep in mind, I'm looking at the tablet because I am still managing okay. the show. Okay, you're still managing the show, yes. So Mulla Shane. Boom. No. Denise got it. No. Come on. Molly Shane. No. No. Okay. Denise, she <laughs> said no to that. Um, and Brooke, I told Molly Shane that he needs we, to do Did we just ep- say no today? That he, we need to do an episode on all the goods, on the mics, because I don't know anything about any of this stuff. And yeah. Brooke wants to know what these mics um, are about. Not now. To, I forgot to do the walkthrough on that at yes. some point. <clears throat> but we will, Brooke. Um, so when... I've been Shane's impromptu kind of sort of writing coach pretty much since day one. Probably since, yeah, since day one. And just recently, you got an idea. Yeah. Just stop me if I'm giving away too much of your business. It's, it's a book only I can write, so it doesn't matter what you say. It's a book only you can write. It's very true. I'd be listening. Yes, you listen. <laughs> um, it came to you maybe a month ago? No, not even. Maybe a it's couple a weeks ago. Father's Day. A couple yeah. weeks before Father's Day. Right. So it makes sense because it kind of dovetails with some of the pieces you've written in the past month or so. Yeah. Um, you want to write a book? I do. Why? Um, wow. Ego? Whoa. If I'm being honest. Wow. You just skip right to the honesty. Yeah. I That's mean. great. Not like. No, ahead. so ego, I think there's an audacity to wanting to write anything. So I've always acknowledged that part. Um, you can't be shy and say, I want to write a book because mm-hmm. you're putting yourself on front street, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part for me was figuring out how to address that end, but still being authentic and still having something worth reading and something that I felt something about. Why a book? Why not 
continue to write essays on the topic, why do you feel like you need to take on that 75,000 word behemoth? Oh, that's so many words? Uh, never mind. I'm good. No. Um, Bye. <laughs> uh, particularly with this book idea, um, it was too large for an essay, if that makes sense. I, I initially was trying to figure out how to write this idea in 1,500 words, 2,000 words. But that just wasn't going to happen. It's going to be very cramped. It wasn't going to get a point, get apart, get across what I wanted to. So to how long have you known or when you decided, oh, this is it. Was this how long has it been since you first can say you were like, I'm going to write a book one day? Is High this school? relatively new? Mm-hmm. High school. Yeah. Um, what that book was, what it looked like, I had no idea of then. And I've had ideas come and go but none of them stuck none of them kind of hit me in the stomach the way this one did so what do you think is going to be your biggest issue with starting this process um pacing in routine basically pacing in terms of pacing the story no pacing the actual production um i know me there will be a clump of words here and then nothing for a month. And then a clump of words here and nothing for a month. Uh, And why is that? It's just how I've always been. I think it's as much a personality thing as anything. Um, I And we've had this conversation before privately. Uh, For me, I'm usually doing three or four projects at a time because my attention span requires that I need to jump from one thing to the next. Let's stop there. Tell me more about your attention span. Um... It's short. It's short-ish. Um, how short is short? How long I, can you... I don't know exactly how to measure that. Um, well, stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about a day. Mm-hmm. How much do you find yourself being able to zone in on a particular task before you're like, all right, I got to stop? I can zone in on very mechanical tasks. Um, I can put widgets together all day long and be fine. Uh, creatively... I tend to do a chunk of work. I can't necessarily say how big or small the chunk is. It'll be a chunk of work. And then it'll be, let me go to the website. And then I'll come back and do a chunk of work. And then it'll be, let me look at social media. Um, the piece, to actually to manage that, the piece that I wrote about um, the pandemic and not being able to be with Cole, I literally set up two computers at either end of the apartment. And just walked back and forth between the two writing the same story because that's, was the only way I can think of in that moment to keep on task and keep doing it that way. So you would get up to get off task, but then just end up walking, back on task. Walking Because I'm walking to another end doing the same task. How long do you have, typically, if you had to guess, mm-hmm. for a creative task? There's a reason why I'm... How long do I have to normally finish it? No, like in a day. Mm-hmm. Like if I told you, I need you to write for 30 minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to be able to do that because the marker is set. Because um, that's that's part of it too. I I live in a world where if I don't have deadlines, things will roll and just roll. Either things will keep going and not be finished, like it gets the project gets too big, or the project doesn't get touched until the 99th hour. I need... Um, I need, ma- I need macro timeline and I need micro timeline. So from what I've seen in the past year, and I've seen you do large projects, smaller projects, that's definitely true. You need a macro, but you need that micro. Mm-hmm. And it's the micros that you don't usually set because the macro will be 
big bad editor person right. sets the macro. Right. You have to set the micro. Right. And you don't have to follow your micros. Exactly. Because who's going to be mad besides you? Right. Which Nobody. is where I end up falling into it's due two days from now. Right. And now my whole 48 hours is crammed into doing this thing. Correct. So if you know that you're not good at the micro, mm-hmm. then that means that somebody else is going to have to set the micro for you. Right. And it, that's and for me, sending micro is as simple as, hey, this is what the micro is. And then from there, the switch kind of kicks in. Me setting the micro and determining micro generally doesn't work for me. Of course. That's most people. I can't set my own micro things either. The other, I mean, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the other part too is the actual structure and process of pulling a book together is a thing I have no clue of. So that you don't have to worry about for a really long time. Okay. Right now, what you need to work on is the macro and the micro deadlines. Mm-hmm. So you know that when I'm working with coaching clients, you I'm sure you've heard me say in the room or over the phone, whatever, a bazillion times, I want you to write three, three days a week mm-hmm. for an hour. Right. That's the general thing I'm sending you off with after our first meeting. So just to be clear, three hours a week. Three hours a week, okay. yes. Monday, I usually say... Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So mm-hmm. that gives you some time. Right. Never on the weekends. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't. Um, people love to say Saturday and Sunday, I can get all the hours in. Yeah. No, you can't. Now, with the micros in mind, because I know you're a big proponent of this as well, doesn't matter what time that is. <sighs> so I often say it doesn't, but I kind of think it does. But I think it's kind of weird to put that on other folks. Mm-hmm. Because what if you really are that rare bird that can start at 11 p.m.? Because you work nights, so you're done. Eh, not so much. It's the morning. It's the well, morning. Well, you can't say you're not that person. And then I'm that, that person, person. <laughs> but I don't want to be that person, but I'm that person. So it's the morning for all of us. There are a few, few people who really can work at night. You're not one of them. I'm not one of them. Most people aren't one of them. It's just a few. And the rest of us is the morning. You get up an hour before you normally do and sit your ass down and do the things um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, that if you can get up an hour or so before you normally do, you're much more likely to have the time to yourself, to have the quiet to yourself. You're much more likely to be interrupted by someone who has to get picked up from camp because they broke their leg or... an important phone call from a friend because someone needs your help. All those things don't generally happen until the afternoon slash evening. Is that me? Sorry, that was me. Okay. Um, Only one, only three one. Yeah, that's all, Diana. Three one-hour sessions. To start, absolutely. Um, What a lot of people tend to do, what you just talked about is, I'm writing a book. And you just dive in and you think, I'm going to do five hours a day. No, you're not. You're going to just completely wear yourself out. And then you won't go back. I promise. So, morning. Morning for you. Morning for me. Morning for everybody on here. Hi, Dominique. Morning. If you can tell me a reason why it truly, truly, truly needs to be night, I'm definitely interested in hearing it. But for the most part, it's the morning. You And I think you know that. Like, you get up before I do. I do, but my brain isn't. I'm up, but my brain isn't Yes, up. it is. 
this this brain isn't up thing that people talk about with writing it's not a real true thing like tell me what that means exactly when you say your brain isn't up i'm a slow starter part of the reason i do get up as early as i do is because i'm a slow starter that's fine writing game doesn't mind if you're starting slow write them slow ass words i promise you they'll be just as good as the evening words that you're doing that while you're being completely constantly distracted i promise you if you can put one foot in front of the other, make a cup of coffee, your brain's alive enough to get your hours worth of words done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Deontay said, I think I'm one of them, but I'm totally not. I tell myself I'm staying up all night working, but 95% of the time I'm basically screwing around. Yeah. Our people, children, pets, spouses, all those people respect morning time more than they expect Respect evening time. So when, I do, so when I do nighttime stuff, there is nobody awake. Um, Y'all are all gone. Well, I'm not talking about after, like 11 o'clock at night. Well, that's why that's yeah. I say night, that's me. Yeah, nah. That's not, that to me, that's not really sustainable. Um, it's so much easier to. It's also part of me, it feels like I'll be more likely to stick to the hour because it's so late. I mean, give me a month. Give me a month of an hour in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you can really tell me, it will switch. But you start with the morning. Okay. If you're my client, you start with the morning. I am your client, so you there's go. that. So, well, I'm saying that because folks that are watching or listening right now, mm-hmm. if you really, truly are not there for it, I'm not your coach, so you can do what you want. I've been coaching Deontay via Facebook for 15 years. So she's still doing what she wanted to do. She's still staying up all night, not doing a Just damn so thing. Just so mean. Not doing a damn Just thing. unnecessary. I'm sorry. Knowing full well her morning is her time. We're scared. Morning is scary. What you mean when you say I'm not really whatever? It's really anxiety about writing because it's so crystal clear. It's actually you're super. Your brain is super ready in the morning. Mm. And that scares you. At night, it's like you've been through a whole day of a whole bunch of stuff and you can feel the romanticism of writing. Romantic. Fighting feels very romantic at 11 o'clock at night. Very romantic. I'm aware. In the morning, it feels like, oh, shit. Like, it feels like a school day. It feels like work, work. And, you know, you have the whole rest of the day. Why I also like morning writing is because you have the rest of the day for it to move around in your brain. Because when we write, we're only putting down what's in our brain. We're not stopping it. It's still in there. The characters, the essays, whatever it is we're writing about. It's still in our brain. You write in the morning and it's still writing itself all day long. You write at night, you go to sleep. It's different. Give me a month of of mornings Mm. and we'll see. Um, Most of us are more efficient in the morning. It's why mornings are a thing. It's why our bodies get up and do things in the morning. Um, Someone... Oh, Deb said, my most creative hour is 2 to 4 p.m., which doesn't mesh with a day job. Deb, I'm saying this with all the love in the world, but that's right there is some nonsense. Your most creative hour is 2 to 4. That's not true. It's not true. It may be when you you are allowing yourself to say that. You know why? So then you get to say, and I'm at work, so uh, that ain't it. No, it's not. Your most creative creative hour is whenever you sit the fuck down and create something. What do you mean it's your most creative hour? Do you mean the writing's better? Are you telling me that if you wrote something 
between two and four, and then you wrote something between six and nine a.m., I would be able to tell the difference. I would say, oh, clearly she wrote this in the middle of the day because her noun verb usage is just. Y'all know that's some nonsense. There is no most creative hour. Your most creative hour is when you sit the fuck down and write down the words. Whether that's 6 a.m. or whatever it is, you can't tell me that there's an hour of the day where you're more creative. There's an hour of the day where you might be more focused, and that's on you. You got to figure that out. But that day job, nope. So I feel like I know the answer to this already, but initially am I thinking in terms of in a particular essay or chapter or, or topic that I'm writing to in terms of the book or am I just writing generally? What do you, say that again. What do you mean? Um, so my book is about a particular subject. Right. Am I sitting down thinking about one of the aspects, well I want to write about this aspect of, within the book and this will potentially be a chapter or whatever or am I just sitting down and just writing period or anything in terms of in relation to the book, obviously like how much structure is going into me sitting down for that hour? Is this chapter one? Is this me writing? Okay, it doesn't to, matter. Or today I'm writing about my relationship with so-and-so. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. Just sit down and write some words. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they are. If they turn out being by Shane Paul Neal 50 times, that's fine. Sit your ass down for an hour. Whatever comes out, comes out. You don't stop cursing at me. If nothing comes out, <laughs> Nothing right. comes out. Mm-hmm. If all the things come out, we don't have to. So I think a lot. Another thing that gets people choked up in the beginning, especially if it's your first book, is that what are you supposed to write? What's supposed to come out? I don't care. First, I want you to sit down for three days a week for an hour. I think that's the thing because I feel like the first time I sit down, I'm supposed to be writing the book. Right. No. Whatever you want to write. If I give you an assignment beforehand, which I might. Then sure. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to be for a while either, I'm assuming. If I could just get people to sit down for three days a week, an hour each time, for a month, you won't ask me where to start. It's going to start itself. I swear it will. I swear on all that I know is holy that if you commit to three days a week, an hour each time of sitting your ass down and saying, this is my writing time, no matter what that might look like, table of contents, a dream list of all the people who's going to blurb the back of the book, a first person essay about why you want to be a writer, writing over and over again. I hate the shit. 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 Whatever happens in those three hours, learning to sit your butt down for three days a week, an hour each time. You won't have to ask me that. You'll have to ask me some things after. Like, okay, I got some things down. Mm-hmm. I need to figure this out. But the most important thing is sit your ass down, please. Now, what about in terms of things like research and prep? No. That's no, no prep, prep is the wrong word, but just in terms of research. I'm saying, understanding that's not part of the hour of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a process or a thought process for how that should go? That's separate. So what will happen is during your hour of writing, because... Uh, I am really good for this. I'll write something and say, you know, the, the the day that the New York, the day that the Empire State Building went up, she was seven years old. And then I'll stop. When did the Empire State Building go up? Oh, wow. That's interesting. A black person was the person who lit the, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I didn't know they had a team of 20 people who decide what color is going to be lit up. My whole hour is just on. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this in an episode of Writing Practice that I have this scene in a book that I'm working on now where they have sex in a park in Baltimore. And I remember that Drew Hill is named after Druid Hill Park or Druid Hill neighborhood in Baltimore. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have them have sex in Druid Hill Park. And they do. I spent a good three hours researching Baltimore architecture, parks, Druid Hill Park. It was ridiculous. And it turned out to be one line. All right. So actually, let me re- not re the question, but follow up with the question. Um, so I know that in my hour, I'm, I want to write about whatever. Mm-hmm. Am I researching anything beforehand or am I just waiting until after the thing is written and following up after? Yes. Whatever happens, happens. Okay. Just don't allow yourself to get... So what I normally do when I'm writing, to, 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 to make sure I'm not doing that, I'll write Druid Hill Park and then maybe, in, you know, research. Mm-hmm. But just keep writing. Right. Don't stop and start researching because I'm good for that. Um. So who said this? Someone said... Hmm. Does editing count? Does editing count if that's what you do for the hour? Yes and no. In the beginning, absolutely not. Because guess what? There shouldn't be any editing in the beginning. You just write and write and write and write. You do not edit. And I know I've talked about this in writing practice before. Um, And, oh, this takes us to topic number two, actually. Um, But you can stay because I'm probably coming back to topic one. My bike. I bought a bike and uh, I rode the bike for three or four miles from my place to here bad idea um and my butt just oh my gosh the pain it was just terrible so i called the guy where i got my bike from and i told him i need the bike the seat adjusted because it hurts really bad and i can tell it's not right and he said well how long has it been since you've been riding a bike and i was like oh i don't know 30 years and he said yeah well this ain't it it's not time um for you to fix it he said when you get to 50 miles let me know if it still hurts. And then you can bring it back and get an adjustment. And I was like, 50 miles? You want me to ride on this bike for 50 miles before you will even consider that there's something wrong with the bike? 50 miles. And then and then maybe he'll make an adjustment. Or he might just say, you need to keep riding it. So he explained about these two muscles on your butt that you don't really use for anything except staying on the seat of a bike. And blur, 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 blur. So for some reason, that really struck me when he said that, because it made me think, what other things are there out there that you have to wait a long time before you can decide this needs to be fixed? He honestly was like, you can't even, don't even bother getting a, no, that was you who said, don't get Mm -hmm. a super, super cushiony thing. Right. Deal. And then after your 50 miles, okay, now I see how this feels. It either needs an adjustment or maybe now you can look into getting a more cushiony seat. 50 miles. I am at mile eight or nine, maybe 10 doesn't hurt anymore. So there you go. He was right. I mean, it's not pleasant, but I can tell that it's a muscle that's getting better and not something that needs to be solved with just a bunch of cushion. Um, what else? Writing. The first thing I thought about was writing and how a lot of my clients will want to stop at like 3000 words and read it from the beginning. You know what happens when you write anything for 3000 words and then read it from the beginning? It sucks. It's terrible. Only one of two things can happen. And they both happen to me. One, I read it, go back and say, this is shitty. And I don't touch it. 
or two, which has also happened. I write it, I love it, and I freak myself out, and I don't go back to it. I've done that with multiple books. Is there a world where somebody writes 2,000 words and they get locked away someplace and somebody else has access to them? Like, you don't get to see them until it's time to see them? I think, like, that would be really anxiety-producing for me. But yes, if you can handle that and you can do that, you can give it to someone. But where's that world? Because it's going to be on your computer. Like, what are you doing? You're printing it out and then deleting it so you can't catch it? Like, well, you, no, like a, like a Google Doc where I no longer have access to it. Nah, hand it you got to be strong enough to just not. Like, this is not heroin. You should be able to just not read your book. Um, so I say 10,000 words. 10,000 words and then you can read it from the beginning and decide it's pretty good. I have, I know very few people who get to 10 or 15,000 words and say, this is, you'll say this is shitty, but not this is shitty and you don't want to go on. Very rare. Of course it happens. But if you allow yourself to get to 10, 15,000 words, the way I had to allow myself, my butt muscles to get to 50 miles on that bike, it's a thing. Adrian, forget about it. You're not getting a bike. It's done. The summer is over. The the bike the bike world is done. You'd be better off getting a six pack of toilet tissue. Um, I know it's not heroin. And Jan said, "Oh, I can actually see it better okay. here." Uh, yeah, Adrian. Sorry to tell you this, but Krishana said Aliyah's coming. How short is short? What do you mean by that, Krishana? First of all, hi. I haven't seen you in so long. Um. I have 13,000 words, took a long break, needed to deal with the issues in the box, therapy, and started editing, so I won't repeat. Oh, man, this is the second. So she just went into number three, but we'll come back to number three. Um, Ricardo said it's worse than heroin. It's trying not to read a book, worse than trying not to shoot up. Where is this going? I wouldn't going? know. <laughs> I would not know. Yes, Tanya, they're very expensive. I'm not even going to say how much I had to pay for my bike, but it was ridiculous. Um... Either, yeah, it's it's tough out there. You did all right on your bike. You didn't oh, that's crazy. right, actually. I did, yeah. but yeah, your I thought wasn't I was super gonna... expensive. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. You thought my bike was going to be super expensive. And yours wasn't either. Well, because I did it on Craigslist, and right. some dude came out of his basement and handed so me a bike. So what I think, though, is my bike is going to the girl, mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to have to get a more expensive bike than Which is still on. a reasonable price bike. That's true. Um, the bottom line is a good bike is The true. bike game is crazy right now. Uh... Did you have more questions? Because I'm about to kick you out. Uh, nope, I think I'm straight. Oh, so, um, so what is my first assignment? So we're we're having our first formal meeting on Tuesday. next Tuesday. What do I have to my do? My assistant put you in my schedule. Uh huh. <laughs> what am I doing between now and Tuesday? Nothing. Am I just marinating? Nothing. Um. Nothing. I know. Am I attempting an hour? You can. I feel like this. It, I, so I don't know what is different between the conversation we're having now and what the conversation will be on Tuesday. Well, the conversation on Tuesday is a little bit more targeted. Mm -hmm. um, what's your timeline going to look like? Is that what you, you know, if you want, if you really want to make sure. I guess that's my question. What should I be thinking about between now and Tuesday? Uh, what's the format of your book? Is it a memoir? Is it a book of essays? 
Is it nonfiction? Are you interviewing other dads? Are you talking to your dad? Are you talking to your son? Like what kind of format? All those things put together. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking at as terms of format? It would be helpful for me if you could find, and probably you too, three or four books similar to the book you feel like you're going to write. Okay. Um, written by other folks. Mm-hmm. And while we're on here. But my book doesn't exist in any place else. I'm the I first one writing it. I was just about to say that. If that's the case, nobody <laughs> I've been listening wants to you your... way too long. If that's the case, <laughs> no publisher wants your book. Mm-hmm. Um, we all think this is new and it's never been done. And that's actually the worst possible thing you could say. Uh, um, mine's going to be a choose your own adventure. You, now that you could do. Um, <laughs> I would not of do The that. black man choose your own adventure. Yeah. The Black Man's Guide to Fatherhood and Choose Your Own Adventure Form. It's it's a very short book. Yeah, it is. So getting your hands on a couple books Mm -hmm. um, that are similar. Now, my uh, silly question. Am I reading those books? Do those books, me reading those books, they alter positively or negatively what I might be wanting to do? Because I feel like that's the thing that comes up. Like, I don't want to read so-and-so's thing because I'm working on something similar and I don't want to be influenced. uh, Those are excuses. That's not really a thing. Okay. Um, but I will say that I tend not to read things in my genre while I'm in the mix of reading them. But I think that's something that happens when you are further along. Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, reading as much as you can. I don't think there's any such thing. Um, and now for me, the novel I'm working on now is uh, fantasy slash science fiction. So I did deep, I did um, read quite a bit in that genre because I've never written in that genre before. So I didn't have a choice. Um, but I know I hear people say sometimes I don't want to read this because it's going to influence me, but that sometimes strikes me as an excuse. Like the Mm. things I'm going to say this and then I'm kicking you out. Our brains do not want to write. Like someone put up there a quote that said, I hate writing, but I like having written. That's how our brain feels. Our brain is all the synapses are going off when we write the end. Our brains are so excited. And our brains are bragging to other parts of the body like, hey, gluteus maximus, we wrote a book and you didn't. All you did was sit on your ass. Get it? All you did was mm-hmm. all you did was ride a bike. But our brain does not want to write a book. Our brain does not want to write a book, period. Our brain wants to sit down and watch Aaliyah and Shane on writing practice. That's what our brain wants to do. Our brain wants to read magazines. Our brain wants to read books, play chess, be mad about COVID. Our brain doesn't want to. So your brain is going to do everything in its power to make sure you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You're all the way down to like not feeling well. This is my, it's Tuesday at 630 and I'm supposed to do the things at seven o'clock from seven to eight. But my throat hurts. Yeah, your brain will make your throat hurt so that you will not write. It's true. I, and again, I don't want to take too much of your time, but this reminds me of uh, my son who just before the show said, can I give you the stuff that I wrote during the school year? Yes. And you can put, meanwhile, put on he was on the floor. Right. He was apoplectic <laughs> and he was just horrified at the very idea of holding a pen in his hand. Right. But it's done now and he's proud of it. And he's like, you should put this on the show. Yeah. Show everybody what I wrote. Um, right. So, um, yeah, I think you are. All right. Bye, everybody. Was that helpful? Uh, yeah, actually. You had to say, uh, first? I'm a slow thinker. I need to say it again. Think about the bike, the bike and the butt muscles. You cannot make the decision to put down anything until you know for sure you have given it some serious, serious time to marinate on its own. So 
That means for writing, maybe 10 to 20,000 words before you go back and read it. Um, that means, oh, this is from Wayfair. Greer and someone else asked me where this came from. It's, it's a chair and a half, um, and it's from Wayfair. Uh, I love Wayfair. So please, 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 please understand you cannot just stop and say, well, this hurts. You can't stop and say, well, this is too difficult. That's not how it works. You don't get to do that. You have to, sorry, y'all. I keep moving my mic all around because I wanted to sit a certain way. Um, think about your butt. Remember bicycle butt. That's what we're going to call that. Remember that you can't walk away from something until you've given it all the time necessary. The same way in a relationship. You don't have an argument and say, okay, it's over the next day. You might say it's over the next week, but you're going to give it ample time to decide whether it's going to work or not. Same thing with writing. Um, We're going to come back to that because when that man said that, it really spoke to me. And I didn't even think about the bike. I immediately thought about all the other things in my life where I need to just chill and sit with being uncomfortable until I'm there. Okay. Oh, that sounds better. Number three. But I noticed that there are people who are part of our family here that struggle with writing. Struggle with setting a schedule. Damn thing. Struggle with um, coming up with a theme. Struggle with finding the right hours of the day. (laughs) Um, And something. Oh. And I have thoughts. I want people who listen to writing practice or who are here live with us on writing practice. I want folks to know that Yes, you can come here every week and just hang out and listen and talk. You can also write. Like, writing practice is about helping you become a better writer. And in some instances, helping you to start writing. You can just come here every week and say, what's up? Hi, how are you? But you can also actually write. And I think watching Shane in this process of getting started reminded me of the types of things that need to happen. If you're going to sit down three times a week for an hour, you're going to be sitting with your own self. It's easier to sit with your own self at the end of the day. You're tired. Your brain is a little slower. You ate, might've got some booty, all the things. You're much gentler with yourself at night because it's like, it's about to be another day in the morning. We're much tougher on ourselves in the morning. And whenever you sit down for that hour, all kinds of things are going to be running through your mind. And unless you're writing stand-up comedy, no, actually, even if, especially, it's emotionally taxing. And I don't know who was it. It was either Greer or Deb. I don't know who had who just said it. But someone just said, I wrote a couple thousand words And then I had to stop and deal with the feelings that came up after writing that. That shit right there, y'all, that is very real. And that goes for whatever, no matter what you're writing. 
So even though Shane's not here, this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask, which he can answer because he's two feet away at the microphone. Is there anything in your book that you already know will possibly affect you emotionally? Like, are there things in there that need to be processed? Um, there are things that would. There's several things in the book that would affect me emotionally. Um, I think part of the reason why I'm just getting to the point of writing this book now is because I've, at the at least in my mind, I've processed a lot of this stuff already. Um, Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Greer said, is it semi-freezing on y'all's end to Facebook interrupting? And a couple of people are saying, yes, I thought it was my internet. Yes, I'm missing a bunch. Uh, there's nothing I can do with that in the moment. I'll check it out I'm later. Still yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, we don't know what that is, but we'll figure it out. We're also in the middle of a thunderstorm, so that might be part of it. Um, that is true. So to answer your question, there's a lot of things that will be in the book that I have gnawed on for years. So I don't think, I think when what you're talking about happens, there's something that new within the thing that comes up. Not necessarily hits. that. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 a lot, there's, there's definitely things that will will have the potential to rub me a certain way as I'm going. Stop it. Um, I believe that if you're writing a new book, whether it's stand up, whether it's comedic, whether it's about gardening, whether it's about relationships, parenting, whatever it's about, I would suggest therapy there. I said it. Therapy is a really tricky thing. Um, I am very pro therapy. Anybody and everybody who knows me knows that. And it's a tricky thing to suggest to folks because there are some people who feel like, that's not for me. Um, there are people who feel like their pastor or religious leader can do those sorts of things for them or their own spouse or their own friends and family members. I think that professional therapy is almost a requirement for writing. And the reason why I know that, I mean, I've always thought that, but in the last year, I've done more coaching than I normally have. And with almost every one of my clients, we would always end up getting to a space where I would say, why do you keep skipping this? Why do you keep skipping this incident? Why do you keep just saying this one line? And every time I make notes and say, hey, I need more details about this, you don't. And then it comes out. Oh, I can't write that because my mom would have a fit. Or I'm not sure how my husband would feel about that. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm going to change it up as much as I can. Um, because the person is, you know, my current client, uh, she dropped a bomb in the middle of her memoir, just a random chapter, a random paragraph. I'm just sitting there reading in my apartment, read, read, read. It's one line and it had to do with her heritage and her ethnicity. And it's like, you know, of course I'm really only 25% black. Since my mom and my just something like explosive like that. And I was like, we, I didn't know this. And she was like, yeah. And I speak three languages too. I'm like, okay, where's that chapter? And she said, I can't write about that. My mom and I have never talked about the fact that this is my dad and that's not. Um, And my husband doesn't even know that this is that. And I'm like, ma'am, this is not okay. Uh, Tanya, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. Um, she 
had not done any of the work needed to really handle her book. What she was leaving out of her book was absolutely necessary. Not only did it make a stronger book, it was really important for her own family to say, this is what we're talking about now. And I said, did you ever think about therapy? Because where else are you going to lay this down? You said your mom doesn't want to talk about it. You said your husband don't even know about it. What? Who here can help you process this in a way that you can write about this? Because this is not authentic. And you cannot publish this book without something like this. Like her whole book was about this world. She couldn't talk about it. Uh, um, I don't know about this. This seems something, but maybe not. I don't know. It just sounds something. Oh, and that was, okay. I got it. Um, if you've ever been to therapy, can you please give some thought to signing back up? The beauty of it is you can literally walk in and say, I'm here because Aaliyah S. King told me that if I'm having trouble getting my writing life back together, starting with therapy might be the thing. You could do that. You don't have to go in there and say, this awful thing happened to me or this whatever. Or You don't have to do all that. Drop my name. Give them a link to this episode and say, I need to go back to therapy because I really want to write. And I feel like it's just not going to happen. And then I was looking at Aaliyah's Facebook page and she said in number three of her topics, let's talk about what you need to do. And I listened and one of them was get your ass back in therapy. So here I am. I want to write. I have a book inside of me. I need to do this. She keeps saying three hours a day, three hours a week, just for one hour. And I can't do it. And the therapist will help you. You don't have to get into all the nuts and bolts of everything else. It might come out, but just go and say, I'm having a problem with this goal I really want to achieve. That's what therapy is about. I remember when I went to my first therapist, it was 1998. So I'm 24 years old. And I did not know the beginning of where to start. So I just looked at the insurance book and just picked someone that was closest to Union Square. So I could walk there and back on my lunch hour uh, at the source. And I walked in, older woman, uh, older white woman, seemed really calm and sweet. And, you know, I'm 24 and hip-hoppy, dreadlocks. And I sit across from her and she's like, so what brings you in? What made you decide to start therapy? And I said, honestly, I need to stop dating whack-ass niggas. Is that something you specialize in? Can you get me to stop dating whack-ass niggas? And she cackled um, in a way that was very uncomfortable, faces all red. And she said, I can help you stop that. I'm not going to use the N-word, and I prefer that you didn't. But yes, let's let's get to that. Um, and that's what we worked on. Now, of course, eventually it comes to me laying on my back like, and then when my mom said, and then me saying, well, I'm never going to get to be a, all that stuff. But it started with, yeah, I got something to work on. Can you, because all this, because what's happening side note we decided that I had a problem with boundaries and she said stop dating people that you work with 
Stop dating people who live in your building. Stop dating people that are your seventh cousins twice removed. Never happened. But and I was like, okay. She said, you take the easy way out. This is a dude standing there, like, okay, fine. Stop it. Establish some boundaries. I was dating a coworker at the time. And I said, all right, I can do that. So I stopped dating the dude at my job. And uh she was pregnant. And she went on maternity leave and she said, I'll be back. You can see my um, backup person. And I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll wait till you get back. She had the baby. And in the meantime, while she's out on maternity leave, a new guy comes to work at my job. And by the time she got off maternity leave, we were dating, like seriously dating. So I never went back to her. I was too embarrassed. We had done all this work on boundaries. I couldn't bring myself to go back and be like, so while you're out, I kind of started. I thought about her often because I ended up marrying this person. And so I kind of felt like she would think that was okay because we did end up getting married. So the boundary thing. Anyway, you'll get to the nuts and bolts. But I went there for a specific reason. And uh, speaking of. Huh. Anyway, so just go, just go. If you went before and you stopped, go. Never been, give it a shot. Literally, if you're having a problem writing and if you're having a problem getting started or getting back in, go in there and say that and see what they say. It could be, it could be very helpful. Um, I got through one, two, and three. Now I got to go back to work, got a call. And I love you guys so much. If you're here at the end, you can see writing practice at goodtalkproductions.com or wherever uh, podcaster streams. Aaron Rand Freeman, thank you very much. Thank you all for being here. Wendy Williams used to always say at the end of an episode, which I always loved, I love you for listening. So that's what I'm saying. I love you for listening. Mm-hmm.